Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you're a regular listener of The Fullest Podcast or a reader at thefullest.com, then you probably know I'm really passionate about living a non-toxic lifestyle. And this includes not just what I put in or on my body, it also extends to the products that I use in my home. And traditional home scenting products just mask odors using chemicals and synthetic fragrances, which can be super harmful to breathe in on a daily basis. So I'm super happy and excited to announce our recent partnership with Vitruvi, a brand that creates beautiful diffusers and non-toxic essential oils naturally and safely scenting your space. Unlike most diffusers, Vitruvi diffusers are crafted using the highest quality porcelain. They're gorgeous and they double as sophisticated pieces of decor in your home. Vitruvi also blends unique aromas to help you set the mood as well. So I'm really excited that they're offering fullest listeners and readers 20% off. All you have to do is go to their website and use code THEFULLEST at checkout and you get your 20% off for first time orders. So let me know what you think, check them out. I'm really, really passionate about using aromatherapy when you're stressed out, when you're feeling bummed or just need something to light up your day. It's really, really powerful and it makes you just feel great. So let me know what you think, 20% off using code THEFULLEST. I'm really excited to be offering this to you guys. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to have Angela Sinnott with us today. She is the founder of Magnolia Wellness here in Orange County, where I live, and I've been seeing her forever. She's an acupuncturist and an herbalist, and I'm so, so excited to finally have her on the podcast. Hi, Angela. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. This is so much fun. I know this is super fun. It was kind of crazy to get to this point finally to record. Um, we had a few dates set and then my son definitely um, is my priority and he did not want me to record last the last time we were scheduled. So thank you for being so flexible. Everyone kept saying like everyone on my team and even Eric, he's like, thank God it's someone like Angela who totally understands and is a mom. And I was like, Yes. I totally understand. The toddlers too. Like when they need mama, there's no around. You just, you got to go with it. So I completely understand. Three girls, I've been there. Yeah. So was grateful for that. And obviously like took me back to just like what acupuncture is or what wellness really is to me and what it is for everyone. And that really does go back to just like listening to yourself, listening now to your child, listening to what's really needed. Like, is it just like a complaint or is it really just like what they need right now or what you need right now? And so anyways, I'm super excited to kind of get into talking with you about acupuncture, about you and your background. You, you know, I've, like I was just saying to you earlier, you have such a wide variety of experience in this. And um, mm-hmm. I had no idea that there are different types of acupuncture. So I wanted to kind of get into that with you is to talk about what drew you to acupuncture, because yeah. obviously, you know, it's not part of your culture. So it's really awesome that you found this practice and you've healed so many people, including myself, like, 
just guiding me, my husband, my friends, my family, and you have such a gift. And so I'm very curious how, what drew you to it? And um, also afterwards, let's talk a little bit about the different types of acupuncture there are, if there are different types. I love it. Yeah, there are. And I love talking about this too, because my path was a really, it was a complicated one that got me into the medicine and I was sick too. I had a ton of antibiotics as a child from chronic step throat, had so many digestive issues that only got worse in college with a steady diet of pizza and alcohol. And by the time I was out of college, my gut was a mess. I was in constant pain. I was so uncomfortable and had constant gas and bloating. And I would go see an acupuncturist at a school in San Diego um, when I actually worked for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. Wow. So I was, yeah, I was a drug rep straight out of college, and I was so excited to have the expense account. And the it was actually my um, cousin who is a doctor in San Diego, and she connected me. And I thought this was the best job out of college. I was paid so well. I was so excited, and I was miserable. And I remember at one point my boss looking at me and saying, you look gray. Are you okay? And I wasn't. I wasn't. I was internalizing all of my stress. And I wasn't pursuing my passion. I was doing what I thought I should be doing, kind of this conversation around obligation and making money. And I didn't want my parents to be disappointed in me. I just finished undergrad. They'd paid for all of it. I had a great job. And I wasn't going to blow up my world. So I started seeing this acupuncturist in San Diego, and he was a mentor at the school there. And I would ask a ton of questions. I'd spend like an hour and a half every single treatment. Just (laughs) He must have been so annoyed with me asking so many questions because I was fascinated with the medicine. And he was happy to answer all of them. And it really created this sort of unsatiable drive to experience more. But I wasn't going to go back to school for four more years because I had just finished undergrad. Yeah. And it wasn't until what? What did you study? I was business marketing. Wow. I wanted to. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Yeah. I thought, do you remember Melrose Place and like Heather Locklear in her like red power suits? Do you ever remember that show? I don't, but I've heard all about it. Yeah. I'm dating myself. I wanted like the power suit in the corner office window. And then I got into the business world and was like, nope, this isn't, this isn't me. Yeah. I need something with soul. I, I corporate America just didn't appeal to me that way. So I ended up, I moved to Los Angeles cause I was engaged to be married and I called off my wedding uh, six weeks before I was supposed to get married. And at the, that time it was like tabula rasa blank slate. And the only thing that stuck in my head was acupuncture school. And I had nothing to lose at that point. And so I thought, okay. Following your intuition. Yeah. And this is what I've noticed too. For me, if I don't follow my intuition, I get sick. It is a really, really strong intuition for me. So everyone went to Maui for our wedding except us. And I enrolled in acupuncture school and it was a four-year program and I never looked back. It felt like I was divinely guided and it was meant to be. That's incredible. So uh, how long after going through acupuncture treatments was that? It was That was probably three years later, two and a half to three years later. It took me a while to sign on for it. Yeah. Four, Four more years of school and the student loan debt was intimidating, but 
at the point where I kind of had what I call my quarter life crisis. There was nothing to lose. Yeah. So, okay, you go to acupuncture school. It's four years. That's a long time. I mean, I don't know if people realize that. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people do. It's a four-year master program, and it's full-time. It's an intense experience because the Chinese herbology is taught in pinyin, so you have to learn a Chinese language to really learn these herbs. Oh, my God. And they're remarkable, which I think is it's a pretty awesome skill to have these days, especially with uh, COVID coming. I'm, I'm super happy that we have the ability to work with these herbs right now. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what happened after acupuncture school, or did you learn about the different, and I don't know if it's different types of acupuncture, but you've talked to me about esoteric acupuncture. So I want to know, was that something that you learned in in school or is it just a different type? Do acupuncturists know about that? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, these are all great questions. So through acupuncture school, the majority of it is the basics of traditional Chinese medicine. There are a few classes, one of which was my absolute favorite with a mentor by the name of Yvonne Farrell, who taught an eight extras channel. And the eight extras are essentially how you heal the psycho-emotional aspect of the body. So in Chinese medicine, you look at both the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And oftentimes you're holding a lot of your emotional stress in your body, kind of like a closet. And if you can't deal with it or if you become overwhelmed, your body stores that emotion in your closet until you're ready to release it or something helps you open up the closet doors to let it go. And the eight extra training that we had through school, and you had to opt for this. It was kind of a, it was definitely an optional class, but it was something that I looked into, was an opportunity to look at how your body stored. And you could go into how you stored food, how you stored your emotions, how you stored negative energy, how you were exposed to aggressive energies, which in Chinese medicine, we look at just um, things that you're exposed to both in your environment externally and internally. So there's a whole plethora of stuff that we can get into with that. But it was kind of my jumping off point for wanting to look at acupuncture as more than just this modality to treat pain. So after I graduated, I looked into some additional training and I met a man by the name of Mickey Osanke. And Mickey Osanke downloaded seven books while meditating in his sauna. And these esoteric Mm -hmm. acupuncture books are literally channeled straight through his meditation. And it is one of the most profound types of acupuncture that I've experienced because he does what's called sacred geometry on the body. And so he creates these portals and he doesn't look at the chakra system as if there's just seven chakras, he sees 22 chakras all way off body and the auric fields and the different bodies and the systems that you can work with. So the beautiful part about acupuncture is you're not just looking at, you know, the large intestine point that treats headaches between my thumb and my first or my forefinger. You're looking at everything that really protects the body leading into that point. And then you're looking below the surface at everything that's stored there and then how those meridians run through the body and affect different areas. So acupuncture is profound. I think it is the fastest growing medicine in the world for a reason because it wasn't legal in the United States until the 1970s. I had no idea. Yeah, this is still a very new medicine. That's crazy. Like who would make something like that illegal? I know. I think, or um, so when Nixon was president, he went on a tour of China, and I think one of his—it was either his press secretary or somebody on his press tour 
had an appendectomy because they got appendicitis while in China and they used acupuncture as the aesthetic or as the anesthesia to perform the surgery. Whoa. And then based upon that, they brought the information back to the United States. And granted, you'd had people practicing in Chinatown and New York and San Francisco, but it was never licensed. It wasn't accepted. It was kind of just on the down low. And then that's when it became more mainstream and they created certification processes. And then white girls like me yeah, who I love it. Wanna, yeah, wanna play, got the chance. That's so cool. I had no idea about the history of how it came to the States. That is awesome. I can't wait to share that more with people. It's rad because it, it is the fastest growing medicine right now. That's amazing. So, okay, so, but yeah, that sounds super cool. That esoteric <laughs> acupuncture sounds so cool. So, you went and studied under him. So I studied under Mikio, and in fact, he is still my mentor, and I go to see him um, as often as I can get to Los Angeles with three kids in the business because he he's just a beautiful soul, and he kind of helps give me a little bit of insight and centering, and so it's it's kind of my self-care practice when I go, I go let somebody else take care of me. Yeah, which is so important as a practitioner, especially when you're taking care of everyone else, and uh, I wonder, so how do you you know, keep yourself from um, just bringing on everyone else's energy when you are with all these people all day? That's a really good question. And it's taken me a long time to learn because for the better part of the last decade, I think I was really, um, I've seen a lot of clients and I was really at this place where I was struggling to take care of myself in the midst of taking care of so many other people and my family. And I, I created what I think is a really beautiful reminder and did a lot of inner child work so I could try to take my ego out of it. And what I've really come to understand through this practice is that it's just this beautiful surrender, is that all I have to do is show up and then I can have a wonderful, divine, universal, whatever you want to call it, surrender to the all that is. And if my guides are working with the patient's guides and that together they can create whatever healing needs to happen. It's really an opportunity for me just to understand that um, I'm not doing the work. I'm just a vessel for the work to be done through me. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So when people come to see you, I know um, one of my very first sessions, there was you had a um, software. What is that software? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because and I want to segue into like you talked a little bit about pain and how acupuncture, it seems, especially with the reason why it came to the US, it sounds like is because of the pain relief, right? Mm -hmm. But how, like you just explained, it's so much more than that. So, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about what people really, it sounds like it's almost can be a therapy session for someone then. Like, I, I add therapy. I absolutely believe it is therapy for the body. And by releasing those areas in the body, you're able to release it from the psyche as well. And the software you're talking about is called the AccuGraph system. And it's a digital meridian imaging like body scan that essentially tells us where energy is flowing through the body and where it's stuck. And I initially invested in this software because it was an opportunity to translate Western medicine to Eastern understanding. And that's not always easy to do. Yeah. 
and I bet for a lot of people who are new to acupuncture to see how it translates and to see what part of their body needs work, like to actually be able to see how it's able to translate and show you is really powerful for a lot of people who, you know, or have trouble accepting something like a needle going into one little part of your body, you know? Right. And how that could be so effective to help your hormones. Absolutely. I, I look at it too, because it shows everything in this big pie graph. And so it helps people understand how everything's connected. Mm -hmm. So you how your anxiety affects your sleep and then that affects your hormone cycle which then backs up your liver and affects your digestion so it's a really beautiful way to see how everything's so interconnected in the body yeah so okay when someone comes to you and let's say like I say okay I don't really have anything in particular I want to work on but obviously I've gone through trauma and all sorts of emotional stuff right is that right that you uh, um, someone should really talk about before you work on it or it just kind of all happens when you do the work <laughs> or stick the needle in or do acupressure or whatever it does all happen when we do the work but sometimes it's nice for people to have that cathartic release to be able to speak it and almost verbally release it Mm -hmm. And so I love asking questions. I think it's something that I've always like the medicine I do is a mystery and I, every day I get to go uncover this mystery. So I feel like I'm going on like an Easter egg hunt because yeah. we're just finding all the little gems that, that give us clues to understand where people's sort of issues are or their energetic blockages are. And by releasing that, you essentially ask the body to heal itself. So when someone comes in, we look at their tongue, we can feel the pulse, but I also really trust my intuition and that plays a huge role in what comes through to me. And oftentimes I almost get this 3D elevation of the body and I see pictures of where the points need to be focused on or what areas of the body really need attention. And so there's a beautiful interplay or a beautiful dance between what someone is sharing with me verbally, what I see on their tongue and their feel in their pulse and then also kind of this download that I get. So I understand exactly what they're asking for, both verbally and non-verbally. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And I think that's really why it's so important that you go to an acupuncturist that you connect with and who, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think a lot of times, yeah, you can go to anyone. I'm sure everyone's great, but it's, that connection is important. And, and it makes you feel safe. Yeah, exactly. I know it's such a vulnerable thing, right? Just like laying and being open and letting someone work on you. You're in such a vulnerable state. So that's a really good point. And the reason why I asked that too is, um, is just for people to know when they go see an acupuncturist, you know, not everyone's in Orange County and can come see you. What, what sorts of things can they or should they look for if someone isn't like you asking amazing questions or, you know, what sorts of things should they share or can they share? Like, I never knew that it could be like a therapy session, right? Like what, yeah. someone could go in there and not like a full on therapy session, but say, hey, like I've gone through a lot of emotional abuse. Like I don't necessarily have physical pain. It might be showing up in my body, but, you know, I have a lot of emotional pain and be able to, and know that you can say that because it's not just for pain relief. Absolutely. I think if you want to interview an acupuncturist and you know what you want to be treated for, which sometimes you know, and sometimes you don't, 
I would really ask the questions because acupuncture is similar to subspecialties in Western medicine is that there's people who specialize in orthopedic. There's people who specialize in fertility. There's people who specialize in peds. It really gives an opportunity to dig in deep if you want to do some deep work, if you want to do emotional sort of conscious evolution work, then I would absolutely work with somebody who's got experience with the esoteric acupuncture or the eight extras, because there's some phenomenal energetic practitioners out there who can really, I think, bring practitioners to the next level quite quickly if they're open to it. But it, again, it, it really depends on if you're open. That's so exciting. So I um, recently was reading a book called The Invisible Rainbow. I haven't finished it. Have you heard of it? No. Okay, so what is it? The reason I bring it up, it's so interesting. Well, okay, I got into it because um, I really like Dr. Thomas Cowan. He's a student of Rudolf Steiner's and is all about anthroposophical medicine. And he yep. recommended this book, um, as did my doctor, Dr. Sadegi. And it's kind of, it's talking about the electrification of the earth and like all the different times where like radio waves and all these different new technologies were introduced and what happened um, to humans during that time. And yeah. so anyways, that's why I started reading it. But it was interesting because the beginning of the book talks about um, just electricity and how electricity used to be used to heal the body. And back in the day, you know, you'd go to your electrician to get like electric therapy. So yeah. talking about that, and then he starts getting into acupuncture and he's like, it's mm -hmm. kind of like how acupuncture works with your, and I was like, wait, what? Acupuncture? I had no idea that acupuncture, but when you think about it, obviously that's what it is. It's your body's ele electromagnetic force. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the same thing with the earth. Like we talk about the grids on the earth and the sacred geometry on the earth. And then you wonder why some farms do better than others. There's so much at play too that we can't see that really speaks to the, exactly like you said, the electronic grid yeah. that runs through everything that has matter. Yeah. It's so, I never thought of, but obviously we can conduct energy by, or electricity by like rubbing our hands or all yeah. sorts of things. I, one time in the middle of the night, um, when I first got our dog, we rescued him or her and, um, I was petting her by the bed and I was rubbing her really fast. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I just, I see sparks right now. Mm -hmm. Crazy. And I was telling my husband, but as soon as we turned the lights on, all I had was just a bunch of, um, fur in between my fingers <laughs> totally didn't believe me and I was like no I swear I made electricity or I made sparks but but the reading about that just took me back to that because you know you walk around every day and you don't think of yourself as having I don't know I don't really know the right term for it but yeah it makes sense that if you have blockages or if you have things going on you know putting sticking a needle in that area or in that meridian releases the energy or helps it move um again the way it's supposed to so that's really powerful it's so powerful and i always use the analogy too it's like a garden hose if you're trying to water your flowers and your garden hose has a kink in it there's no way the water's going to come through and it's the same with the body but i love how you talk about it nearing you know the earth and the different planes because it just, 
I think that's such a beautiful way to look at how interconnected everything is and how divine nature is and how the perfection in nature that we never question. Yet we question that in our own bodies and we look to other things outside of ourselves to heal when we are, we're pretty miraculous. Your bodies are really unbelievable. I know it really is. And so when you look into, um, China and where coronavirus originated, or so we all think and believe that it did. Um, right. We were talking a little bit about this, but you mentioned that it's just interesting because you want to, in general, when there's a virus, you can treat, I'm assuming, most viruses and colds and all sorts of things with Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So that's, it doesn't have to originate from China for that to be something that you treat. But this is interesting because it is originating from China and in China, they've had success, like you said, using traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that with you because we know that we can't necessarily um, take everything that they say, um, we just have to take it with a grain of salt. Obviously, we right. don't know what the real numbers are, but I'm sure, I mean, we can definitely safely assume, I believe, that they are using traditional Chinese medicine for the most part or to help support whatever that may be. Yes, I think that you make a fantastic point that the statistics and the numbers come out of China aren't always accurate. But if we look at it generally speaking, a lot of the hospitals in China, in fact, 85% of the people affected with coronavirus were treated with both Chinese herbs at the hospital. And there were reports from a lot of our trusted sources that we um, source really good quality herbs with certain hospitals that have had herbal protocols for decades. And those particular hospitals utilize the herbs very early on. And they protected all of their hospital staff with these herbs when they were seeing coronavirus patients. And none of those hospital staff members or employees got sick, not the doctors, not the nurses, not the administrators, when they were taking these preventative formulas and they were exposed every day doing the work that our doctors and physicians and nurses are doing here. So I believe in Chinese medicine. It has miraculous capabilities and knowing that this virus or the illness, whatever you want to call it, did originate from China. I think that it has, you know, some experience with the virus. That being said, we're exposed to viruses every day and we have wonderful capabilities within you know, whether it's Chinese medicine or it's American herbs or it's Ayurvedic herbs, I feel like we all have access to wonderful things that can really boost our immune system and prevent when exposed to things like this. So I, um, I'm excited that when, I think I checked the statistics about 10 days ago. And as of 10 days ago, there were 102 clinical trials with traditional Chinese medicine with herbs for the coronavirus. And that was more than was being utilized for the malaria drugs, for the vaccines, for everything. So they're really putting some significant research and scientific funding into the Chinese herbs to help fight this type of thing. That's so cool that that's happening. And I don't know where you go to find that information, but it's definitely not being shared on mainstream media. And, and, who knows why, but, and that's not why we're here, but I think the important thing is to know that this information is out there. If you do seek it, if the, you do 
want to learn about different ways that you can boost your immune system because that is a thing and that is possible and and what an incredible opportunity to like meet the virus with what you know with the way that it where we believe it originated how cool yes and we've linked the study in our instagram on um our link tree so we've got the study on our instagram and then you can find some of them on pudmed so that's really helpful too yeah um, go to the source yes so pubmed and then linktree on our instagram has the studies and then i think it was really cool too just to note with this particular virus if you look at the way it's affecting people there's a lot of unknown factors and so some people get fever some people get a cough some people get sore throat some people get deep lung congestion and i think the beauty of herbs is that it affects people at different levels and so if you're exposed it's a different type of herb than it would be if you're mildly symptomatic. And then if you become more severely symptomatic, then you work with more of what we call like a toxic heat herb to really offset the toxic properties of this virus. So you're addressing it at every level, depending on who you are and how many symptoms you have. And it helps, I think, probably give people some tools and understanding of you have options, which you don't have to sit home. You don't have to feel hopeless. There are plenty of options out there for you so that you can feel protected going forward. And as we reintegrate into society and we start going out again, I think that knowing you have options is incredibly important for your confidence. And just to remind people that your bodies are far, far more intelligent than we give them credit for on a daily basis. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that as like you mentioned as we reintegrate back into society um you know what is it i mean there are all sorts of things that we can do on a daily basis to boost our immune system and to support our bodies um and you know people will have a fear and we don't know is this gonna is there gonna be another surge of this is it what's it gonna look like but like you said we are um, exposed to so many viruses, so many, so much bacteria on a daily basis. So what are things that we can do specifics that we can do that can boost this immune system, boost, um, just our overall health so that we can, you know, trust our body so that we can support it in knowing that we can overcome this. Yes. If we wanted to be super simple, I would say it's really important that everybody is on vitamin C right now. Number one, right? Eat your vegetables, eat your greens, because that creates an alkalinity in the body and it gives you nutrients to fight this stuff off. Um, the Chinese medicine that is really fantastic for protecting sort of the Wei Qi, which is essentially the defensive barrier or the immune system in Chinese medicine, there's a couple formulas. One is called Tong, and that is one that I put my patients on to get them out into the world and feel protected. The second formula is called Yin Chow, and that's, that's one that can be utilized if people have a propensity towards sore throats, sinus allergies, that kind of thing. Because if you do tend to get allergies and you are a little under the weather to begin with, and that one is really, really effective for helping to knock that out to keep your immune system really high. And then if you have other things at home, whether it's oil of oregano or zinc, um, you're taking digestive enzymes, so you're helping take the burden off your digestive system so that it can function optimally. There's so many things that you can do. 
keeping your liver really clean so that your blood is being filtered is really important because what they're finding with this virus is that when the lung starts to be affected, the other organs are shutting down. So the liver and the kidneys get backed up and then that's when the lung fills with fluid. So if you can really strengthen your other organ systems, then that's ultimately going to help your body really filter through the toxins that you're exposed to. So first and foremost, vitamin C. And then kind of just checking in your pantry to see what else you have. This doesn't have to be a huge investment for people. I feel like like-minded individuals who are really into wellness probably already have 75% of this in their medicine cabinet already. Yeah, I think that's a really great reminder. And just knowing that maybe, you know, if you want to support your liver and your kidney, maybe that means drinking a lot of water and drinking not so much alcohol. You know, that's a yeah. Because I think also this quarantine, I mean, I don't drink, so I don't, I didn't realize this, but a lot of people are using this time to drink a lot at home and, and about like boosting your immune system. Like, that's great. I think that having a good time is definitely part of the equation, um, boosting your health. But yeah, I think it's, like you said, it's, you know, you might have everything you need at home. It might just be tweaking maybe your routine so that it yes yeah and i think you make a fantastic point there is that having fun is so important for the immune system really like truly pursuing the things that make you happy laughing a lot being silly those are all things that bring this wonderful space of enjoyment into life and the more joy you have the easier it is for you to be able to really go out into the world and experience things from a place where you're not going to be fearful that you're going to be attacked by this deadly virus i'm treating a ton of people right now for panic attacks because they're watching the news and just streaming in the fear directly into their living room and the first thing i ask people to do is please turn off the news it's just reinforcing all this negative negative idea that you do not have everything you need already in your body. Look at your eyes see for you every day. Your mouth breathes for you every day. You know, you walk, your brain signals to these amazing neurons throughout your body to tell to do so many things. And we never think about what we take for granted. So I think that's so important. That's such an important message. Thank you. That's so true. And something that we definitely forget and take for granted. Yeah. Um, with that, actually just talking about signaling and streaming and watching the news, I think, um, and kind of going back to what I was saying with that book that I read, the electrification of the earth, it's so interesting how it's all tying in because we're home, we're streaming a lot. Um, we have, you know, so many EMFs happening and hitting our body all at once. And yeah. Or we have Wi-Fi in our homes and we have our laptops open while we're streaming something on Netflix, on our TVs, while we're scrolling through Instagram on our phones. Like not only is it like a sensory overload because of just everything that's happening, but also we don't hear it, but there are all these things happening to our bodies in terms of all the signals. Like our body feels and hears that. It's just that we don't. And so I think it's really interesting how the electricity piece tied into acupuncture. So I wanted to ask you, because we do talk a lot about um, this new technology that's coming out. I'm not going to say it, but I've talked a lot about it before. Um, I don't need to say it in this episode, but 
If you're a listener, you know what I'm talking about. So how can we support our bodies through um, this transition with acupuncture and herbs and also, um, and like that's separate from, you know, we know what we can do in terms of hardwiring, maybe not having Wi-Fi or having a switch at night. Um, we know that, you know, we can put our phones on airplane mode at night or turn them off. Like we know these little hacks, which are great and I think super important, but what's the like next step that you think that we can do? It, like does acupuncture help with radiation and things like that? Acupuncture helps by strengthening the liver's detoxification process. Cupping is actually highly effective for a detox hack. Um, so yes, I would absolutely recommend it. I would recommend herbs like nettle, burdock root, Oregon grape. Those things are all wonderful for really helping the body cleanse. And then you could look at specifics if you want to help cleanse heavy metals too. Um, I use... Uh, protection in my home called safe space for my family and myself. And we, I'm sure you've probably gone into that in other podcasts, but it was interesting to me. I would say probably five years ago, Mikio Sonki, the esoteric acupuncturist, said, You need to get rid of your Prius. You're exposed to a ton of EMF with the battery from your electric car. And at that point, I went back to a gas-guzzling car to get rid of all of the exposure because I never even considered the electric car as being a huge, huge burden on the body. And there were a lot of people who were complaining about headaches that drove a Prius or a Tesla. The the minute they got rid of their car, their headaches went away. I totally feel – I mean, I had a Tesla. And uh, through my pregnancy until kind of the very end, and I think I talked to you about that, but – I would sit in my car. I mean, at least with a Prius, you're not necessarily sitting there while it charges. Like now we have people sitting on the battery in their car while they're plugged into a supercharging station. And it's crazy. It's crazy that we don't think about that. But it's so sad that what's good or what we perceive to be good for the environment. I mean, who knows? Obviously, you know, not putting out or not using gas is great or oil, but, you know, we're creating, we're still creating so much. We're creating these batteries. Who knows what that impact is on the environment, but you'd think that there'd be something that's good for the environment. It also would be good for our health. So I am hoping and praying for that invention. Yeah, same. But I think it's such a good point that you brought up and safe space. You told me about safe space and I, Mm -hmm. that's why um, I went to the website. I bought like the stickers, the plug, you know, the plugs that you plug into the walls, everything. I think it's so important. Do as much as you can. And and have you had them tested before? Um, I haven't had them tested by a scientific company. The people that recommended it to me had done a tremendous amount of research. And so I trusted them that it was the best available option at the time. I haven't looked into it in the last year and a half. So I don't know if there's new companies that offer additional support But that's definitely something I would encourage people to look into if they have no protection at home. It's going to be an even bigger consideration with the technology that you speak of. Yeah, I think so too. Oh my God. Well, I'm, you know, I'm so happy that we had a chance to chat and I'm grateful that I can see you um, on a, you know, biweekly basis, but people who can't see you, can you tell us a little bit about how they can tune in and learn more about you and, um, 
and, you know, stay up to date on what Magnolia is up to, because I think that uh, we talked a little bit about this, but um, this is an opportunity for you to share your knowledge to a broader audience. Hopefully you will be doing more digital stuff. And I love the digital stuff you've been doing during this time. So just because someone's not in Orange County doesn't mean they can't, um, you know, learn from you. Thank you, Nikki. We've been spending a lot of time kind of building out our platform during quarantine. I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is that we've really been trying to reach out a little bit more and have the time to do it. So it's been a beautiful gift that has really kept us busy. Yeah. So thank you for the opportunity to talk with people. And if they need or would like additional information, we can be found on Instagram at Magnolia Wellness OC or our website, magnoliawellnessoc.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Angela. I love you. I'm so you. we had a chance to do this and I, I'm sure we'll have to, you know, chat more as things come up. I look forward to it, Nikki. Thank you so much.